Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Welcome back to another episode. Do we have episodes? Another edition of the Marketing Money Podcast or just Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. This is John Oxford, and Mr. Josh Mabus is across from me adjusting his microphone to the proper viscosity for a. What is, what is viscosity? All I know that is, is something the, to do with l- breakdown of oil and yeah, lubricants. The, <laughs> that's the lubricity. Uh, he's a. Adjusting the microphone. So, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Today, we are ready to talk. First of all, Pepsi. What happened to them this week? And this might happen. This podcast may come out a week after the week that we talk about. Yeah, but it, I but think everybody knows. That. I think everybody knows the story. I think they ought not done that, as we say here out in the country redneck area. But, but if you give someone a Pepsi, it stops the protest. Well, I didn't say they ought not have made the. The um, commercial, I just said they they just folded, man. I, I'm not saying that their commercial was good or bad, but they sure came out and just like, no, what? Sorry, bad news didn't think. Whoops, missed, we missed the mark. So, so you didn't – and look, these are the people that set Michael Jackson on fire. So, I mean, they, they, they know mistakes. They, Shimon. The, the king of pop. And um, – yeah, I don't know. I mean, did you have a plan? If you fold like two days, look again. Take the quality of of the spot out. You know that planning went into that spot, right? I mean, like, uh, oh, they sat around in a room and pitched it and for thought months it, and planned it. Of and course, because they had to get they had to get the actress. They, they had to hire her. They go through an agent. They had and to they get never the, thought that would happen. <laughs> no, nobody. Uh, so, so, so there was some planning missing somewhere. And did, at the end, they're just. Boop. Did you miss the Super Bowl? Because which one? The this one, one this year, because mm-hmm. ads are usually – the Super Bowl is usually seen as the catalyst for the advertising for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. And this year, from my opinion, and from what I read, it was largely panned for being too political, mm-hmm. too out of touch. Everyone thinks that you have to have some political thing to get your brand across. And the ones that won were the ones that were non-political as far as the the viewer ratings from USA Today. Uh, so my point is that is that looked like something they would have done for the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, if you promise to come back, listen to me. If you promise to come back to the podcast, I want you to pause it right now. Well, not right now. Wait until I tell you what to do. But I want you to go Google SNL Cheetos pitch. And then I want you to come right back and tell me what you thought about it. In fact, if we remember, we will post the link to it on the podcast deal in the the copy it's so good it's one of the funniest individual skits that snl has done it's two ad agencies pitching to cheetos their ad for whatever campaign they're doing and it's It's not a spoiler because you would have just paused and come back and heard yeah it's it's straight out of what i think these ad agencies that did this look like pitching to Coke and Pepsi, and but I mean, and then you see it in the Pepsi ad, so it's kind of funny. We should do a podcast on agency pitches, but anyway, that's a whole other story. Actually, I think we should because right now, I mean, it is hilariously apparent 
that there are people pitching ads that have no, I want to use a lot of expletives, clue well, they what, live, what they, the real world business world is. They live in their little is. bubble, and then they see the media. That's what I've thought about funny about Pepsi is you're assuming that the world is a big protest. Everyone's or, going to protest, and there's cops who are doing this. Or that somebody agreed with you. People are extending their personal views into in too far, in my opinion, and then it's get a, offended. It's a soft drink. Yeah, yeah. This thing is, is brown a, sugar water, it, and it's like Cheetos, like the um, the skit. If you see yeah. it, anyway, it's Cheetos. It's not. What are we talking about? I don't want to talk about this. It just like feels like too serious. Oh, you got to have something to start off. Let's with. start out That's light. It. Okay, let's start with. Out. Well, we've already started. Go watch the Cheetos thing. Come back. And you'll have your laugh, and well, then we'll start on. But, but I gotta point out another one that you uh, you you cleanly plucked from the reservoir of funny past ads is the Gorbachev oh, yeah. Pizza Hut spot, yeah, which so, we also should post on there because that is some funny stuff. Yeah. So you see this? So so go watch the Cheetos parody. We'll have it on the link at the bottom. If you think period. Trump mixes his brand with politics, wait till you see this bad boy. Yeah, you if you know if you were born pre eighty five. Wouldn't you say? I mean, you would, you're not going to know who Mikhail. You probably wouldn't know who Boris Yelt, Yeltsin is if you weren't. You yeah, probably have to be it, born. But it's good to watch to realize that is really him. That's mm-hmm. not an actor. That's that's the first thing I kept looking. Going, is that an actor? They just is this a skit? It's a real commercial. Yeah. Anyway, you'll you'll know what we're talking about when you see it. Yes, we, we will. We will remember or try to remember to post the link. The to funny that thing too. is, is I saw the Cheetos thing and I was reading another book, and it mentioned back when Gorbachev was selling pizza, like. 20 minutes later because something have this weird synchronicity thing. And so that's how I found that. It wasn't like in the YouTube feed. Basically, basically the head of state for Russia is doing ads for Pizza Hut. Yes. Right after he resigned. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, so we're moving on now. And today's topic is the two. Well, is it one word with a hyphen in it or is it two words? It doesn't have a hyphen. That, so it's two words. Know. Tell me the word. Two dirty words. Two dirty words? Is it cross sell? Hmm, well, good thing we started light. Cross sell. Cross sell started a few years ago, a few decades ago, when they <laughs> wanted to grow the wallet for banks. And yeah. You were going to go from, oh, he has a checking deposit, get his loan. Then have his loan, get her mortgage. If you don't have her mortgage, get her safe deposit box. You don't have a safe deposit box, get her college savings plan. Oh, but then we add financial services, get their IRA. Okay, get their 401k, get their blah, 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 and treasury management. How do you cross sell properly, Mr. Mabus? And, and let's first of all, let's throw this out. Uh, you can't hide in the woods on this. Uh, one of our uh, bank brothers, Wells Fargo, has kind of you know put a negative spin on this due to some some actions well, no, that were taken. Well, and they, you took, can't, they took some actions. Then the media said banks, yes, not not one bank. They did. And, and and again, this isn't to like we're breaking news on this something. Anyone that listens to podcasts in the bank world knows about this public, so we're not picking on them. Even they've said it's a bad thing. Yeah, but this brought the whole terms of cross-selling approach, cross-selling to the kind of forefront of conversations in financial services. In a negative light. In a negative light. And cross-selling is not negative, uh, but the term is now negative. Well, it depends on who you ask. You ask a teller, pretty negative. You ask the person coaching the teller, pretty pretty positive. (laughs) So you asked me how to cross sell. Well, first, I think um, what we're addressing it here is is who is it for? It is the main thing. Is it is it for the bank executive who wants to report to his um, board or his investors 
or her or whatever, um, that there's a uh, you know higher profitability, or is it for the the frontline teller to get bonused more, or is it for that teller's manager? And look, it it's not for any of those people. It's for the customer. And this is going to sound like some true believer. I do not own any cross sell company. I don't. But here's the thing: bank customers don't know what banks do. And as we're introducing new products and new services and all this stuff, and as the investors or as profit is pulled to invest in new technology and all that, and it, it has to be adopted and it has to be used and bring value to the customer. Look, I, I forgot at one point in my life that uh, safe deposit boxes existed. I mean, it's not the sexiest thing to go sell. And a, and a teller looked at me and said, you know, do you, do you have a safe deposit box? I never see you use one. It's like, I'm. I don't, and, I, and and they didn't even really sell me on it. I knew that I did need one passport and all that stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, you already have part of the part of the relationship. And here's the thing: so that's that's the reason you you have a customer who who it isn't their job to know what all services you offer. That's that's your job to tell them that as an entity. But the other side of it is you've already paid to get that customer. You you. Through your marketing dollars, you have invested to bring that person in on, on maybe one product or service or two or whatever. And why not use that efficiency? And so as we're talking about cross-sell, I want to I be real, real clear that I don't want this to just be about what the teller or what personnel is doing. Because, dear marketer, it's your job to help that uh, as much as you can. It's not a cross-sell. It's a deepening of the relationship. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's deepening the relationship. And somebody, oh, that's that's just a bunch of hoo-ah. Yeah, it is. But I think a lot of times there are there's the backside of that is that the customer, as you kind of alluded to, doesn't know. Like college savings plans, someone comes in with a bunch of kids, they don't think that, oh, I, and you'll talk to them about it and they'll say, oh, I need to do that. That's what you hear a lot is I need to do that, especially when it takes – Getting social security numbers, application, you know. Just the process at yeah, the, the process. And, and you hear a lot of, I don't have time today. I need to do that. And that's when you, that's when there is a cross-sell opportunity that might not be trying to sell someone something that's just for your benefit as a banker. And this goes into, um, we attended the Wealth Management Conference a month or two ago. And uh, there was big talk about the new fiduciary rules, mm -hmm. Department of Labor and, and all that. And, we, and it's a little different for marketers talking about that. But the fiduciary rule says you have to make moves in the best interest of your customer. And, and not sometimes that's selling them something. It is. Or, it, or at least allowing them to know that. But it might not be, in some words, selling an investment. Then then gives you some type of bonus for selling it right. when there's a better investment for what they're trying to accomplish with their investment portfolio. Uh, and, and then there's fiduciary rules trust and how you take care of the customer that's better what are you doing is it better for the customer the bank it better be better for the customer there's a law that says if they prove you did it you're in trouble right and i think i don't think there needs to be a bank law i think the banks that survive and do well as yeah. consumer banks and retail banks uh, are the ones that do right by the customer and it has has nothing to do with oh we sold them a new checking account that does this and we got them out of this one that's just that's that's not good for anybody right oh it's a higher fee blah blah and and so when you bring up wealth management, not not to that point, this is mentioned too close to it, but I want to mention is not everybody has a wealth manager. And I'm, again, not a counterpoint to what you're saying, a separate thought to help them with their college. Like, that, hey, look, you're middle income, middle class. You don't have an investment advisor, but 
you want your kid to go to go to college. You don't have this person you're paying uh, three points on your wealth to help you with those things. Well, that falls to the banker or, 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 or to someone because at the end of the day or the middle of the day, whenever it is, that person is trying to make good decisions about their life, about their financial help, and your bank should be your backbone of that. And um, they, they sometimes are ill-prepared. I think when you have that conversation with your personnel, because the, the, the first thing I want to speak to on tactics is realizing when you expect your personnel to do it, especially your frontline personnel, it's your lowest paid, least sophisticated, I'm sorry, it's your training, you know, your, your, it's your tellers or your universal bankers or whatever. I mean, it's, this isn't the manager coming out of the private office to come out and sell it. But I think when you start that conversation with it is about the customer because it is or it should be. If it's pure and if it's going to be successful, it should be. So that's the start to the tactic. To that point, your customer-facing employees probably have the hardest job in the bank because it's not sit at a computer and write a press release or look at a look at someone's application and approve it or the volume turn it down. of people they see and, and the and, different of every one of them yeah. and everyone's got a different story in their day. You know, some people come in there super excited, they're happy, they're closing on a loan and this is the house of their dreams. Someone else come in there and they've got to pay off an NSF fee and they're Or they've upset. been personally mistreated because yeah, their and, debit and, card was shut down or yeah, something. Yeah, they they feel like it was something horrible when, you know, big picture of the world not that big a deal either way. Mm. But banks need to realize when it comes to money, it's a serious issue. So let's talk tactically on a cross-sell. One thing I, I like uh, that I've seen is um, the use of – the, the starting is the use of the brochure journey. And people say, oh, brochures. What I figured out in marketing in my years of doing this is that the brochure is more for the person selling than it is for the person buying. It's a, it's a PowerPoint. It's it, a non You turn it's an it around PowerPoint. and you put the little pin beside it and you walk them. So – Tactically, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, what can I get out of this? If you create a new brochure. Design if you get, it like des- a PowerPoint. Design it like a, like a PowerPoint in that it's easy and clear and design it as a roadmap to walk the person through. So it says, why are you opening this account? What is it for? If this go to A, if this go to B, and walk them through the steps. And again, the, the person selling sent there say, oh, you're not going to have direct deposits, so this might not be the right checking account for you. Oh, you're not going to use a debit card, which – most people do, I think, but you're not. So you don't need this. Go to this. Are you going yep. to use? Do you use online banking? Oh no. Well, then you might not use this account. When they take the brochure out, that's just so the person can read some information. But the brochure really needs to be built. The the secret sauce of the brochure is it needs to be built for the person to walk the person through in steps that they're selling to. And when you work that out on your brochure, use your economies of scale. Go to your IT department, your web department, your interactive department, and have them build a similar experience online that draws people through those same decisions when you're not there to, or when a person person is not there to help them. Yeah, absolutely. So they go online to an online account opening, you know, build it where it has some triggers in there, where if they put something in there and it, you know, it's a huge deposit amount, have a pop-up or drop down that comes on there and says, maybe you'd be interested in investment services, wealth management. Mm-hmm. It could just be a one-time payout. They're paying back their house because a tree fell on it. Yeah. But in other words, have some ideas that can go in there. Cross-sell the insurance. Someone's open, getting a house. Do you have insurance on your house? I mean, why is that not always asked? Someone comes in to borrow money for a car. Because it can go that way. Yes. Insurance sales can go from bank to insurance. True. So, it, But not the other I mean, way. So keep that in mind. I would think with any car loan, you would ask where who is supplying your insurance on this. Well, I think they have to. When, But 
Right. That's that's just a blatant opportunity. I mean, that's that's no brainer. Well, well, it's the thing. Like, look, how banks make money. A mortgage, you make money off deposited money by by lending it back out on the mortgage loan itself, but you also make money on the fees. So, I mean, those are that's a double dip, but by, by all. Or, or, or it's a double opportunity. Well, one is the... And the, one's offsetting costs. One, one's offsetting the cost of papering it, and the other's offsetting the risk. Right. But, there is, but there is margin in both of those transactions. Yes. While you're in business, there should be. So why is it not affected the same way? Because, um, I mean, I just bought some property because there's a little bit of a disparate... And I was rushing a little bit. You know, it, wasn't, it was not automatic that there's insurance. And, and so I, I called, you know, and, and, and made sure that... That we had it on there that was written a little bit later, but it was it's certainly not automatic. And you know, to that point, it's it's almost like we've heard so many regulations. There's some things that we self-regulate, like oh, we can't do that because it doesn't seem like we could. Tactically speaking, as well, because I don't want these just to be nuanced podcasts as we go about it. And I think you've learned that if you've listened. Uh, one good way to test your cross-selling is shopping. And we've, we've talked about shopping before, and we, we've done podcasts. We'll probably do some more on it. Uh, but when someone comes in, if you're going to shop your branch or your location or office or shop, whatever you want to call it, and they go in there, make them you know, ask other things. Like, I want to open a checking account today. Well, do you have a sa- would you like a savings account too? You know, you always need money for a rainy day. And then, okay, well, well do, you, do you own a house? I mean, how can we help you? And, and don't be intrusive with it to where it, it feels awkward. Because so there's a skill set in it that's, that's qualitative as well as quantitative because there's the quality of how you interact. But I mean, do you have a small business or can we help you with that too? And insurance, what about that? And then usually, you know, when the person's like, I got to go, I've, I've, you know, You've worn them down to the yeah. Uh, you, you've you've gotten the blood out of the turnip. Let yeah. them go. and and that is personnel training. So I would, I would say if if shoppings are two, then then I mean everybody knows that they need to be trained. But I think if you start with one, and and it seems so simple, and hopefully some light bulbs are going off on people's heads when you're designing that brochure. If you make it like a presentation that walks it through it, and not and, and I mean it could be a big monster thing. I mean really, I mean it. Choose your own adventure, kind of book. Oh, I've seen books like it's yeah. it, they may or like a magazine, and yeah. it's just a product with real good pictures. And you and absolutely you just start flipping through it right in front of them, and it looks real pretty. And they're like, "Oh, that and yeah, that's our that's our rewards checking program, and you can get it if you do these five things, and it pays a rate." And absolutely, and then the, your training becomes easier because you're setting them up. This is about the customer, and then you know shopping in there to t- to tell them about that. John, one thing I want you to talk about, and this is the part of the the podcast where we toot our own horn a little bit talk about uh the savings campaign that we just ran that had nothing to do with frontline personnel yeah i think we mentioned that on a um previous podcast but but this is real cross-selling yeah. that that was done from the corporate it, level it's digital cross-selling yeah but, but my point in this is i want to beat the dead horse had nothing to do with training nothing to do with personnel maybe oh i mean we let them know we let personnel know that that, that savings that you better be bone up on savings because it's probably going to come in more right now. But so I, I won't get into too much of the technicals, but I'll tell you what the <clears throat> the strategy is: is that you get your you get your CRM out, whoever runs your CRM, and and whatever it is, it can be from your core, it can be a Salesforce, it can be whatever you have, and, and Excel. It, you can it, pull the data and look at it. Pull pull data. Pull a list of retail checking accounts. Go through there and look and see. Pull a list of retail savings accounts, match them up, 
and see who on that checking side doesn't have a savings account. Now, most that have, most that have a check a savings account will have a checking account, but checking account may not have a savings account. It's the whole rectangle square. Square right. is not a rectangle thing or whatever. May I got it backwards? But anyway, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So then we, we, we call out that group that doesn't have a savings account but has a checking account with us, and that gives us our list. Take your list. Look through and see what data you have. Do you have, a dre- do you have a mailing address? Do you have an email address? Do you have a phone number? And then look at tactics within that to deliver your cross-sell. So you say, okay, these people have email address. Well, let's send them three emails this month with different pitches on what they can do with a savings account. One could be rainy day fund. One could be college savings. One could be vacation fund. In that email, have a link to let them open it online. Don't say you have to come in the branch because yeah. they would have already done it. But have it. Then match that up, obviously. Make it enhanced for mobile. And so they can open on on their phone. They see the same thing there. Maybe do some mobile native ads where it drops in, savings, and have this group as your your area. And you can heat map where they live so then you can drop in different ads in the zones and geofence where they live. So you've got that. Then do a test a direct mail. Pick half your – do an A-B test and send a postcard to one and a letter to the other. Which which we found something funny on this that we – not that it matters and I wouldn't extrapolate this learning – team body else but the letter outperformed the postcard letter outperformed the postcard and the digital outperformed both of those yeah and and significantly so, yeah and the well they were all the same it, it, it's it was the same stacked. it's it, the same list it was stacked but i mean i would do a podcast on on letters i would i would do a complete well because we'll do that we'll because do that. because think of this when is the last time you've gotten a letter you're out here doing digital and this and that. Now, it may not be your high-volume turnaround, but it will stick out because nobody's using it. But anyway, it, when you get a letter from your bank, you generally open it. Unless it's an, your bank statement. <laughs> then you just burn it. Yeah. That's why everybody's got, they got an e-statement so they don't have a fee. Uh, but anyway, to, to the point of this whole thing, then it, you, you, know, you rent it for six weeks, rent it for a month, then you go back and you run the same list again and see who is open an account within that list, put it back against that checking account list, and you can see your ROI yep. pretty easily. And then whatever you score the value of your savings account at, you can see an ROI on it. We had, I think we had about a 27% lift in our savings account opens during this time period, yep. so it was a really good – and I'm not even giving you the money ROI. I'm just giving you the percentage of – Comparative to it the same off. period was twenty seven percent more in openings than it was the last time on, on an already healthy savings account. Whatever, absolutely. So, so what I feel like the vibes coming back from the future of you having listened to this is that about half of you are like, "Holy cow!" Like that. Yes, we need to do that. And about half of you are like, "Well, that really like just compare." I bet only like ten percent of you are doing anything like yeah. this. You know why? Because we should have our butts kicked. For not doing this before, yeah, before like, yeah. and and there I can give you all the reasons, and and those reasons are exactly why you listen to this podcast because we understand your reasons for not being able to do it. That we're doing high level branding, and we and we don't have much time to get into tactical or our budget, or mainly just time. I find it funny, and maybe it's a bit too confident on my side of having me and my peers when we talk say, oh yeah, we can do that, we can do that, but then they don't execute. Yeah. And it's the same thing within our bank at certain times. I mean, no, no bank's perfect, and I'm proud of the work we do, but there's so many times it's like, that's real simple to do. Well, somebody's got to execute it. Yeah. So it's we, just we ran done. a checking campaign, we savings campaign, you just pulled out some names and delivered marketing tactics to people. Yeah, we did. You can really simplify it, but nobody it, did it before. And it, and it worked. Yeah, and we sold more product. And, you know, being able to find little – if you're in a combative situation where maybe you're – and I've met some of you who are in this, 
uh, different conferences, ABA and things like that, where you just kind of feel like, well, they hired me because they feel like we need to do marketing, but nobody lets me do any marketing, doesn't give me a budget. Etc. Etc. Go pick out something little like this, and go win you a battle, and write you a little micro white paper justification. Say, I did this, and show the spike. Because if nobody's doing it, you're probably going to get a spike. Or your bank's already performing at such a level that you that that individual marketing doesn't help. Which I didn't think that could happen. Banks that don't market, you market, you think you're going to expect a spike. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But generally, you're probably going to win a battle. Uh, but back to the cross-sell and share wallet and growing wallet, it, it's, it's one of the items that marketers are looked to do. I mean, it's what, your job isn't just to make pretty commercials and show up at uh, conferences and do PR stuff. I mean, they're, they're actually... Well, it's part of the journey. You, you, you paid to get the customer. Now, what are you going to do with them? And, and, and so many times we get caught up in attracting new ones that we leave opportunity on the table and service opportunity, not just opportunity to make money, but opportunity to be of service to people. Because I'll tell you something, there's a psychological effect. I don't know the name of it. I can't tell you the book that I read this in. So I'm, I'm requoting somebody else. I'm going to be doing a poor job. But if you engage with a customer and you ask them questions and you, and you build trust, and you don't return anything back from that. So, like, you ask them questions about their retirement or their whatever, and then you don't give them anything, you actually lose trust. You would have been better off to not ask them those questions. But if you return something, marketing, that answers their questions, even if they're not interested in it, even if they don't buy, their confidence in you goes up tremendously. Measure it. Know how to measure this. And different banks... Price, well, they price their products differently, but I guess they price probably they score their products differently. Like, is a checking account worth two hundred dollars? Is it worth two thousand dollars? Is a business checking account worth ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars? Is it worth five thousand? I don't know. Your bank probably has a different score from our bank. And then there's certain consultants and vendors that say, well, this is what it should be worth because they call it the halo effect. It brings in this, and you can lend on it. And then there's borrowing on it. There's fees on it. And so there's different products, treasury management that give you different items, but I would say, uh, and this is this is just common sense here. You should have a scorecard of those products, and when you sell them, they need to be tied to that score. And this is not to reward the seller. This is so you can track h- how much this is and how much it's worth. So I would have a scorecard of a checking account is twenty dollars of uh, or two hundred dollars, and this is this. And so you put it all together and say, look, this great cross seller, he's selling ten thousand dollars worth of product today. Well, that's a checking account, yeah. But the life of the product, three years, and the average, right. and all this. So you've got to get a way to measure your cross sell. Yeah, and and so I want to maybe not simplify, but restate what John said just to make sure you get is it's not about getting the dollar profit down. If you can figure it out and you can get with your CFO, your controller, and all those departments and figure it out. That's fine, but it's just from a factor just to make a decision. Is a business checking account worth 2.5 more than a personal? Just a factor, a comparative factor scorecard. And then there's the opportunity factor. If you're a, a, a CNI bank, your victory, you go out and get a bunch of um, personal accounts, that might not be a victory for executive management. Or it may just not be able to happen because you're not known as it. It'd probably happen more if you're a strong retail bank and not much of a commercial bank, just because you guys aren't ready for that thing. But I guess at the, 
really what we're saying is know your bank. Know your bank, know your customer. Let's start from in tactically. Make a brochure. And, and I know, oh, a brochure. Blah, blah. No, I can't tell you how many brochures I see that have the same stock picture, go get, the go, same little go story get your told about the bank. brochures, and I challenge you to make them into one. Make them into one or make sure there's a journey on them. And, and this is not customer journey of their journey. This is the journey you're going to walk them down at the platform level. We're talking like bank 101 in the door, sit down at the seat. Make it a journey where it's built for the person selling and not the person buying so they can walk them down there. So do that. Match your digital with that brochure so it walks your customer through and survey them on it at the end of it and shop your people. And then at the end, measure, measure, measure and have a scorecard to be able to tell you what that product's worth because you might find out you're selling something that is losing money. Yeah, and here's the thing about, about shopping and scoring. You may spend all your time training people who are already doing good, good at it. That's why that's why scoring is important and you may find your trainer amongst your salespeople and the student will become the teacher the elders shall serve the younger we can just the rest of the podcast will be about prophecy it will be it will be and and the prophecy i have now is that this is the end it's over it's the end finito so gone until next time bye deuces and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.